dying. I'm Courtney. I'm not. I'm Clarissa. And we're here. We're back. We're still alive. I hope you missed us. I hope you missed and us. And I hope you're glad that we're back because we're glad that we're back. Yeah, I missed you so much. I missed you so much. We actually took like a real break this time. Yeah, we didn't do anything. No. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, though, I was doing a lot of things. <laughs> yeah, no, I, well, I actually kind of wasn't. I took a break, I, and, then I, and then my immune system also did. That's why I've got this lovely husky voice today. Mm, sexy. What'd I'm you do on your break? Let's talk about that. What'd you do? Um, it was Mike's birthday. Fun. Happy so birthday, Mike. Planned his uh, party. I did surprise him. He was surprised? He was surprised. That's good. Yeah. I'm not, as soon as I get a gift for him, I'm excited to give it to him. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, I watched a lot of TV, to be honest. I have big opinions. I don't even know if I want to get into them. But, like, one of my favorite shows on Netflix is Mindhunter. Never heard of it. Okay, you should, because it's... Is it about the mind? It's about serial killers. (gasps) Ooh, even better. Okay, okay. So it's about the behavioral science unit, but the actual, like, beginnings of it. Mm -hmm. But it's... They just... They announced over over the time we were on break that... Or, I don't know if it's an announcement... But the, is it just like Criminal Minds? No, it's way fucking better. <laughs> Watch it. You'll see what I mean. It's better. Um, but you like Criminal Minds, right? No, I fucking hate it. Oh. Okay. I hate it. I got addicted to it. Kind of like how people hate crack, but they get addicted. <laughs> A great example. <laughs> but you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, you could have said just like drugs in general, well, but you crack, went straight to crack. Crack is whack. I really like the show, and the creator over the break was like... They're not going to make a third season. Mm. And they've been leaving us on red for like two years. Like I leave everyone on red. Yeah. They basically pulled a Courtney. Mm. And I'm furious. And like 50,000 people, last time I checked, had signed a petition to make the third season. Oh. But they're like, oh, no, no, no. People are interested. And it's like kind of expensive. And we're like, fuck you, buddy. We're interested. There's a whole, it's not even about the serial killers. Like, fuck those guys. The characters. I'm so invested in the characters. There's a character um agent bill tench uh i like to call him daddy tench oh oh if you i'll show you a picture okay he's daddy and he has a son so he's actually daddy and there's this whole storyline like with his son and it's like really intense and serious and i'm so invested in it and they left it on the biggest cliffhanger and now i never get to know dang furious also the the season four of you came out joe goldberg i haven't watched it (sighs) I watched, I've, the, first I've watched the first three. I think the third season was fantastic. It's my favorite. I like the first season. I'm like, and eh, on the second season, third season I love. But they released this fourth season in two halves. Mm, I might watch it. Yeah. I don't know yet. I just didn't like them. And then the second half came out, and I liked the second half a lot. And it made That's it what I heard on like on social media, yeah. that like the first half was like, meh, and then the other half was like, It good. really was. It seemed like they deviate way too hard, and then they like bring it back, and it makes sense, and it's really good. Because but... isn't he in another country? Yeah, he's in like England. Oh, uh, okay. But no, I just, I have thoughts. I could go into a whole thing. I was talking about it for like hours after I watched the last episode about the psychology of it. And I'm pretty sure Justin wanted to, like, Joe Goldberg me so much. So if you guys want that... <laughs> you could just flip it on him and become a love. I wanted love to, like, be the new character. I really like... I really... Season. I kind of liked her. I loved her so much. I wanted her to, like, at the end of the third season, I wanted her to kill Joe and then just become the new... Joe. Yeah. And then that didn't happen. And I was... I so wanted her to come back this season. Like, oh, he didn't get her. I need to go back. Yeah. He, I'm not, I'm not giving everything. anything away. He killed her at the end of last season. Did he? Yeah. Hard. Maybe I just didn't finish the season. <laughs> well, but that's what I did. Perfect. Yep. Had fun. I also went to, I don't remember, I don't, I don't know no, time. No. What's time? How long has we it don't been? Know. Five years? Because we've been 30 dirty and dying since we were born. So <laughs> welcome back to the show. <laughs> this is your favorite millennial podcast. We've been on a break. But now we we're, were on a break. We were. Ugh, don't even get me started. Fuck, so many other people. What? <laughs> um, but no, so we we had a good break. Mm-hmm. We're rejuvenated as we can be. I don't Considering think the thing. burnout is so strong. Mm-hmm. And um, I was actually crying the other day just thinking about my burnout. <laughs> I, I was just, I was riding. I was being a passenger princess, right? Of course. Mike was driving. It was dark. He didn't see me t- getting teary-eyed, right? I was just sitting there in silence thinking about the fact that I am 31 years old. Yep. 
I don't want to wake up in the morning. I don't know how to keep going. And I just started crying a little bit. Well, and thanks then... for being on brand. <laughs> Bringing us back is wrong. In oh. case you were wondering. I just can't keep doing this forever. I feel you, dude. I, I've been sick, right? I told you I've been sick. I literally thought as I'm like laying there, can't sit up for more than two seconds at a time the other day. I'm like, well, at least I'll get some sleep. Like when I say I want to be in a coma, I would very much like to be in a, give me two months. Just two months. Just maybe even just a month. I mean, I can't do that. That's a crime. I can't do that for you. But what if I say it's okay? It's still, they wouldn't listen. But what I can help you with is I can't take you into a coma. But I can take you to our other favorite place. Back in time. All right. We went back in time. (laughs) Why don't you kick us off? Where are we? We're in 2011. 2011. It's a good time for us. We met each other about a year before, I think. Probably. I don't know. I don't know time, man. I think it was like a year-ish before, because I think I started at the movie theater around 2010. So I think we met each other. We were we were balls deep into our friendship. I'm thankful for so much. I have amazing family, great friends, a roof over my head, a car to drive, and a job. I honestly never have a reason to complain. <laughs> Funny, because that's all we fucking do now. <laughs> Even with all the hard times and all the hurt, it has still helped me grow and mature and has made me who I am. Thank you for everyone who has come into my life, even if you left, because regardless, you have left a mark and shaped me. Wow. Little did I know I had a disease and I'm not happy to be alive. Nope. I feel like I've said this one before, last time we like jumped to 2011. Um, life is too ironic. It takes sadness to know what happiness is. Noise to appreciate silence and absence to value presence. Okay, Plato. Damn. Uh, well, you got to tell us, you had a post you told me about, though, because um, you were in your, your lovesick era, right? Unfortunately. You were. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember it well. That's the version of Courtney that I got to meet and grow to love. Somehow. 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 And you had a post that I really, I think we should share because it's so perfect. Why don't you tell us about it? Okay. The setting. I'm sorry that I hurt you. It's something I must live with every day. And all the pain I put you through, I wish that I could take it all away. And be the one who catches all your tears. That's why I need you to hear. I found the reason for me to change who I used to be. A reason Reason to start start over (laughs) new. And the The reason reason is you. And the reason is you. That's such a long haul for the lyrics, too. Like, you wrote the whole verse. I wrote the whole verse. And then Bob commented on it and said, aw, smiley face. That bitch. He and probably caused it. My friend said, stupid hoopa stink. <laughs> it's a good song and it's deaf how I feel. It, 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 it's, it's what we did, man. It's just like the quintessential millennial posting song lyrics. I'm telling you right now, Bob is not the reason. Was he ch- then, though? I wasn't Is doing that- anything wrong. That's the problem. But you thought here. you were. Yeah. I mean, you I was. literally here. blamed yourself for everything. You're like, I tripped him and he fell right into that vagina. <laughs> <laughs> that was your whole ass thing. That's why I was so annoying. Here's the thing um, I was doing something wrong, and that was believing his lies. There you go. And being manipulated. And but I also was really fucking annoying. 2011, I also had some bangers. Nothing Ooh. like that. I didn't post the entire Hoobaskank. Hoobaskank discography. <laughs> However, I just realized how creepy the snuggle bear is. That guy from the fabric softener. Mm-hmm. You commented on it. What did I say? I bet he smells good. <laughs> that is something I'd say. Yeah, it is. Do you remember when I always was just like, that person smells really good? Yeah, it was. Again, it's weird that I was like, I want to be her. <laughs> oh, she seems great. She's always crying about these dudes singing Hoobaskank. I did it again. Who mistake? <laughs> I've got. I'm congested. <laughs> I'm congested. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> I said, if anybody loves me out there and doesn't want me to pass out in the next two hours, pre- please bring me some caffeine. I spelled caffeine wrong. Perfect. Monsters, coffee, whatever keeps me awake. Did I comment on it? No. Wow. I'm well, so. No, un- this is just two of my cousins and a guy that I definitely didn't date. Uh, I did date. I mean, 
like once or twice. Okay. But I did it out of spite. Mm, love that. Yeah. It's not my proudest moment. But I did it. Yeah, neither was Hoobastank, but yeah, here we are. Well, I never wrote a song for him. You commented, or you wrote on my wall, mm-hmm. here's a happy status for you, and then you tagged me. Yeah, because you kept saying that I always post sad status. <laughs> like Hoobastank lyrics. Because <laughs> you were so fucking sad all the time. Same. Yeah. yeah. To this day. See, here, the thing is, though, I wasn't. But you I were wasn't about, sad like, then. literally one thing. Yeah. And you were just like, this is my whole fucking life now. It was my personality. Yeah, pretty much. Your personality was boys. One boy. Oh, damn it. I mean, there point. there were lots of boys, let's be honest. Yeah, but how one, many? One main focus boy, and then other fun boys. <laughs> fun boys. <laughs> Next time you have a friend with benefits, call him your fun boy. <laughs> Trademark <laughs> Courtney. So tell us some pop culture things then. What was going on? Because it doesn't feel that long ago, but I it was. It was over 10 years ago. Um, a movie ticket. $8.20. Uh, and people still wanted to scream at us over it. Yeah. I remember when it went up to $10. I'm like, our people lives are going to end. $10? And now it's like $15. Yeah. Now um, it's like, give me your kidney. A gallon of gas was three fifty two. Um, average cost of rent, $675. Oh, yeah. well, holy snakes. A royal wedding between Kate Middleton and Prince William. Mm. Um, oh, Amy Winehouse died. Oh. Russell Brand and Katy Perry filed for divorce. Oh, because they've been married for like three minutes. Uh, Charlie Sheen got fired from Two and a Half Men. This is when it was happening. I was obsessed with Charlie Sheen. For a period of time there, uh-huh. and this was it. 2011. Yeah, because he, he got fired from Two and a Half Men. He started saying that he had Adonis DNA and tiger blood, and um, he was a winner. I'm a winner. You can't stop winning. I just can't stop winning. And he lived in this house with, like, three ladies. It was, like, Playboy style. Um, he was clearly... Heavily on drugs. Yeah, that makes sense. But the things he was saying was so intense. And I just, I don't know, I was there really capturing the random thing and being ironic and being just like off the wall. Tornadoes. Swirl it up. Swirl up. It was the Joplin, Missouri tornado happened in 2011. Oh, shit. So it was a six mile path, uh, damaged about 2,000 buildings. The city was left without power, and at least 115 people were found dead. With many other unoc- uh, unaccounted for. Over 1,000 people reported injuries. Whoa. That was a huge thing. Like, there's a memorial. Yeah. In Joplin, like, that, with, like, pieces of, like, buildings and stuff like that. And, like, I remember this because you called it a shrine once. I did call it like, a shrine. Like, to the tornado. Yeah, it's not a shrine. No. It's a memorial. For the people who for were the people affected who by were the affected. tornado. A- Yes. So the the 2011 Joplin, Missouri tornado that like oh. killed a lot of people. 2011, big year. Big year. Big crazy year. We were there. Can you imagine me trying to go through my boy problems and Crohn's disease? No, you probably I, well, wouldn't you have been had my friend. It, but it wasn't. Well, I didn't really have a lot of stomach issues then. Really? Because all you talked about was how much you like shit your pants and stuff. I mean, yeah, I love t- talking about poop. <laughs> you were gonna say I love shitting my pants. <laughs> It's been a hobby of mine for decades. Hey, thanks for listening to 30 Dirty and Dying, the show for millennials by millennials. We get real about chronic illness, burnout, nostalgia, and why we aren't exactly thriving. If that sounds like you, join us every Thursday for new episodes. Now, back to the show. Today, what are we talking about, Courtney? This is sort of your baby. Tell us what we're doing. Um, sure. I just wanted... So, here, here's here's my whole, like, Break process. this down. Break, break... Let's break it down now. So, I was talking to my friend about therapy. Because okay. she's doing, um, sleep therapy. Oh. And she was talking about how, like, at the... Almost at the end of her session, like, she was kind of finished with, like, the sleep therapy session, but she still had some time left with the, the therapist. And she was just like, do you want to do some regular therapy things okay and she was just like yeah because she can't pay for sleep therapy and therapy therapy at the same time oh i see yep pick and choose i pick and choose so she was like yeah sure i mean i need some therapy so this specific therapist um 
was talking about like what color is your feelings and and like where do you feel that on your body that type of therapy right which my friend was not feeling at all but when she was explaining this to me i was like you know what that makes a lot of sense like i was really feeling it right yeah so i'm just like man therapy right there's so many different kinds but i didn't realize there are so many different kinds until i googled it you just thought you just laid on a couch no matter what yeah that's fair that's what most people's perception of therapy is like when i was gonna go to therapy i didn't know that it was anything different and that's why i was like i'm not gonna fucking do that i don't want to tell a stranger why i'm fucking sad i don't even know why i'm sad isn't that part of the problem yeah i'm gonna tell this lady yeah what well how do you feel i don't know i don't know how i feel (laughs) But there are different kinds. Yeah, so I'm just like, wow, like, I'm feeling really, today specifically, I would say my feelings are like, I don't know, maybe like blue, like neutral uh, kind of feeling, blue-brown. I don't know. Maybe, a little, maybe a little Crohn's poop today. Um, not bad. Not good. I wouldn't say it's like green, green happy, yellow happy, not really there. I don't know. But I'm not like red mad. <laughs> So I love how you're doing this as if you're in therapy with somebody. <laughs> I don't know anything. About, I never had this therapy. I never, like, I never brought out a color wheel. Well, like, as she was saying, I was like, you know what? And she was like, yeah, she asked me, like, where I was feeling, feeling my feelings. Like, where in my body? Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know. I really feel it in my shoulders right now. <laughs> I've had some of that before with the PTSD stuff. Uh-huh. But there were no colors and it was, uh, it was, it wasn't just that. Yeah. So, I mean, I have some. I mean, there is art therapy. There is. So, which I um, wanted to work on with the kids when I did my internship for oh, yeah. our social work. I, I was really into like, like creating with them. And yeah. so, like, I really wanted to bring like music onto the campus to like. Because not all of them are, like, artistic in that way. Yeah. Like, they didn't really want to do, like, drawings and stuff. No, I Some, would just bust out A lot of them thought it would paints. be stupid. Um, so I'm just like, well, a lot of people like music. Like, how can we, like, kind of incorporate that? So, like, there's a lot of therapies with that um, as well that I knew of. But I, I Googled some. So, yeah, what we're going to do today is talk about some different kinds of therapy. Just, like, how they would affect us, what we think of them. You know, talk about our own mental health a little bit. We're still not doing great. I still haven't been to therapy. No, I have, but I, I've been to like one or two specific kinds of therapy. Mm-hmm. So um, I did some some research as well. You know, we got some different versions of therapy we'll talk about. And I also found some obsolete practices yes. that I wanted to go into to think about like, wow, can you believe that? How happened? far we've come. How far we've come. Yeah. Thinking about colors and then some lobotomies, you know? Yes. So, we're going to go over different types of therapy. Yep. Courtney, why don't you kick us off therapies All that you right. went into. All right. So, here, here's the thing. I, I literally didn't realize how many there There's were. There's a lot. There are tons. And I was just like, I was going to look this up. There's going to be like five. Yeah. Um, more like 50. Yeah, there's right? a lot. So I just, I'm going to be honest, didn't really look at them specifically. Just okay. copied and pasted some. And I'm just going to learn them right now. We're just going to talk about it. We're just going to talk just, about it. This is, let's preface this. Um, there's, this is not medical advice. N- absolutely not. We're, we're not, not qualified to give you medical advice. We're, no. we're talking about this as two people who have mental health issues. Some documented, some we're still figuring out. Um, <laughs> and who deal with the concept of like mental health and therapy and, and how to get through the day and for therapy for some of us that's therapy so we're just gonna unpack that a little bit for other of us it's just trying our best boy means world anyways psychodynamic therapy okay all right so it says uh developed from psychoanalysis a long-term approach to mental health grief freud um in psychoanalysis you can expect to talk about anything on your mind yeah it's very much like how are you feeling today? And then you just spiral and then you talk about how you want to fuck your dad. Definitely not. That's Freud's whole thing. Yeah. Or fuck your mom. Yeah, he was more of a fuck your mom guy for sure. But he also talked about dads. Yeah. Daddies, if you will. Daddy issues. Daddy Freud. Um, it also commented to talk about childhood in the past along with reoccurring dreams or fantasies that you might have. Yeah, he was a big dream analysis guy. I know this isn't exactly psychoanalysis from Freud, but that's where it comes from, right? Yep. So um, the therapist explores the connection between your unconscious mind and your actions. Hmm. 
Um, this involves examining your emotions, relationships, and thought patterns. Okay. Um, it can be a longer-term approach to mental health treatment compared to cognitive behavioral therapy, which I also think I okay. copied and pasted into this. So it's good for addressing things like depression, anxiety, eating disorders, somatic symptoms, substance use disorders, and a ver- variety of other things. Seems like it's a pretty good catch-all. Yeah, I mean, because you're just, you're talking about your feelings, you're talking about your past, you're just, like, talking it out. Yeah. So, as you're learning about it, do mm-hmm. you feel like that would be a good therapy for you? I don't know yet. Because I don't know. know what my problem is. So, one that I wanted to talk about. Yes. Which is one that I've done. Mm-hmm. And I've really only done one set therapy. Now, I went to therapy twice. Um, the first time was just this kind. Like, mm-hmm. this is all we did. The second one was, like, mostly this. And then we threw some, like, talk therapy and some some CBT, some cognitive behavioral, which I know you'll get into, uh, in. But it was definitely more of a focus mm-hmm. on EMDR. Yeah, and I did write this one down, too. Yeah, so EMDR stands for Eye Movement Desensitization and Reprocessing Therapy. Um, it's really, um, used a lot for trauma and PTSD. I have PTSD. So that's, that's usually what it's used for. I'm not saying it can't be used for other things, but it seems like that's the primary use where it's like really helpful. Um, so what it says here is EMDR sessions follow a specific sequence of phases and practitioners use bilateral stimulation, such as eye movements, to help the client process unresolved memories from adverse experiences. Um, So basically what you do, there are different ways you can do it, but how I did it, right, was you go through a memory, you talk about these things, and it's not, a lot of people would say things like, well, is it, do they suggest things to you? Do they help you, like, make false memories? Because that's a big criticism. Um, Not of EMDR, I don't think, but just of, like, trauma therapy. Like, well, what if you're, you know... It's not about that. It's about things that you remember and it's just helping you get down to the nitty gritty of it because a lot of times in trauma, your brain kind of builds walls around certain things. Not necessarily you don't remember certain things, but you don't remember details. You can't tap into the emotional responses that you've had, right? I don't remember my childhood. So So that's, you know, that's an example. (laughs) So like what what my sessions look like and somebody might have a different EMDR experience. I don't know. But I had these things, they were called tappers. Um, so the therapist would be sitting like across from me and had like a controller thing. And then they would give me, um, these two little things to hold that were connected to it. And they had lights in them. They were like one for each hand and they had lights and they buzzed, like they vibrated. Um, now you could look at the lights or you could just close your eyes and do the buzzing. Um, and they had an audible sound that went with them too. So that's where the eye movement desensitizes. It's a stimuli. Mm-hmm. So what it does, from what I understand, is it engages your, um, you know, like your physical responses to the memory that you're reliving. It keeps you engaged. You can't really disassociate while you're reliving the memory. Mm. And it doesn't have you relive every single aspect, but like we would go through, and I remember my therapist would ask me questions like, as if I was watching it happen like i it's not me it's not happening to me but she's like imagine you're over here and you're watching this happen how old were you you're four you see a four-year-old girl like you're she's kind of like recreating the memory for you so you see it differently Mm -hmm. and then she starts to ask you questions i'm saying she my therapist we're both women um but start to ask you questions about like what do you notice like, what, it wasn't necessarily, how do you feel? I mean, some of it. But there were a lot of questions like, how do you know, what do you notice about the little girl? What do you notice about the situation? How do you think she feels? What do you think she's saying to herself? What would you say to her? And those kind of really structured questions that allow you to have a lot of introspection. Hmm. So that's how mine kind of went. Um, like, I've seen, um, like, TV shows where they use that in therapy and I've always seen it as like this board thing with like LED lights that go back and forth and like yeah. you're staring at it. That's another one that you okay. can use. Um 
I was in therapies and like, you know, people's smaller offices, they didn't have that like set up, Mm -hmm. but there, that's another version of it. This was the one that was a little bit more compact. Um, but there, I think it's the same thing. Um, so did that help you? It did. It really did. So I literally, I know this sounds dramatic, but I've said this before. EMDR therapy, like literally saved my life. I was in a very bad place. The first time I went with my PTSD, it was right around the time I got diagnosed with it. And I was in a full-blown spiral because I had no coping skills, which I learned a lot of that later. But I, I didn't know what was happening to me. My brain was just kind of like completely unraveling around these traumatic things. Um, and I didn't know what to do. And the effects were really, really jarring on my life. And this helped me. I don't think I'd processed anything. I really don't. Because like, um... Some of it was stuff that happened to me when I was very young and stuff that I had really just like completely shut out. I wouldn't call it a repressed memory. I've said that before, I think, but like it was close. Like I knew it happened, but I I just wouldn't allow myself to know any of the details. And it was at a certain point, you can't keep doing that. Like it breaks its way out and it starts to bleed out in really weird ways. And uh, I had not ever dealt with it. So it was... Like, it was happening all over again every single day for six months. Yeah. I mean, it was pretty crazy. And then the other part of it was stuff that I went through having a, a parent who was an addict. And that's trauma. I never thought of that as trauma. I didn't know that was trauma, but apparently it is. And when you live in a state of, like, fight or flight, or I got to learn about this, there's fight, there's flight, and there's freeze. They're the three different responses to situation with threat Mm. right and when you live in whatever one of those that you're in the trauma response or whatever it really affects your nervous system it affects the way you process information it's like brain damage it kind of is like brain damage some of it your neuron pathways get really i i don't want to say fucked up but like (laughs) they're they're affected like your neuron pathways are affected um in ptsd especially in cptsd or complex PTSD, which is like, you go through the traumatic incident for a long stretch of time. And that was, I kind of had both things going on there. So yeah, I had a, I had a lot that was going on that I had no idea how to process because I had been living in it mm-hmm. basically up until like a year prior. And I just had no idea how to like life. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't doing great. Like I know we say, oh, we're we suck and we're not thriving and we're like I you wasn't, really weren't I wasn't even like surviving hardly like I was kind of actively not um so yeah it really helped it really like literally saved my life um when I went again it was for the same kind of stuff that I just like didn't go as in depth to because you know it was my first run with therapy I was a little hesitant I wasn't I didn't put it all out on yeah. the table and it also helped me with my trichotillomania the second time I went, which I didn't expect it to help for that, but it did. So, um, but it says that it's been an uh, effective form of treatment by several major health organizations. Basically, studies show that it is possible to alleviate distressing symptoms with this way more than with like just talk therapy for something like PTSD. So that's what I would definitely recommend for anybody who's dealing with traumatic stuff or even if you don't know if it's traumatic stuff it might just be helpful i would recommend finding a therapist who at least is well versed Mm -hmm. in it if it comes down to it but there are a lot of different steps for it um they take your history they prep they do an assessment and then the desensitization thing is the tappers then they ask you to kind of like go through your like it's called a body scan And they ask you, like, where are you still feeling this tension? What still feels wrong? What still feels kind of, like, gross? Mm -hmm. They do, that's kind of where the physical stuff that I was talking about when you were talking about your color wheel stuff. Um, Because they do do that. They're like, where do you feel this? Where are you feeling this based on that memory? Yeah. And then they kind of tie it all together. Um, So, yeah, it's a lot of different, Hmm. different parts have come together to make EMDR what it is. Would EMDR uh, be able to, like, if you don't remember anything, would it be able to trigger memories? I don't know. Um, I really don't know. I've not seen any, like, literature on that. 
Um, but yeah, I'm I'm not sure if it could. I think it I think it could if you have a starting point, mm. right? So if you know a little bit of something, or you have a general idea, it might be able to help you open I, it up. Yeah, I, I don't know if I would say like uncover a repressed memory, but you know, like it might be able to help you kind of like bring things into light that you might actually remember, you might know, you just not ever process. Hey everyone, it's Tyler Witkowski, the publisher at Tea with Coffee Media. Tea with Coffee Media is a team of indie authors, designers, and editors who have a goal of helping indie authors make their dreams become a reality. Our Modest Press has aspirations to help as many indie authors succeed as possible. Not only do we offer publishing services, and yes, we are open for submissions, but we offer editing, marketing, and book cover design services at an affordable price to all indie authors. Visit us online at teawithcoffee.media to learn more about our services. Um, the idea behind CBT is that certain feelings or beliefs you have about yourself or situations in your life can lead to distress, which is my whole life. Maybe this would be happening. Your, your whole life can lead to distress? Is that what you just said? Yeah. Well, like my whole like thought. My your thought my, process. My thought process. I, I mean, the, the fact that I'm just sitting in a car and just, like, crying because I'm thinking about stuff, that's leading me to distress. Fair. Maybe this would be good for me. Maybe. Maybe. Um, this distress may contribute to mental health issues, occur alongside them, or develop as a complication of other mental health issues. Okay. Um, so, in a CBT session, you'll work on identifying patterns and learning more about how they might negatively affect you. Um, with your therapist guidance, you'll explore ways to replace negative thought patterns or behaviors with ones that are more helpful. See, this is kind of like what I did. Like, it was part of the trichotillomania thing. Because mm-hmm. um, I was doing EMDR for, like, how it was associated as, like, a trauma response for yeah. me, which apparently it was. I did not know that. Um, but it made sense. But then when it came to, like, now am I cured? No. But, like, it helped identify sort of the thought process that takes place. And helped me kind of be more mindful. She called it like being mindful, being mindfulness, but it was it was this kind of process. It was like, what is it? Why is it not helping you? What would help you? What mm-hmm. can we do instead? That was the gist the, of it. Yeah, like that's what came after the EMDR part of it. Like, so it was focused on a specific behavior. So I guess that makes sense. Yeah. So it says they don't spend much time addressing past events. Mm-hmm. Instead, they focus on addressing existing symptoms yeah. um, and making changes. Uh, it says they often involves homework or uh, practice outside of the yeah, therapy I session. Yeah, I had homework too. I hated it. I uh, mean, it keep was keep helpful. track of your negative thoughts or things that trouble you in between sessions. Journaling um, helps reinforce that you what you learn in therapy. Yeah, um, it's good for uh, mood disorders, depression, anxiety, phobias. Mm-hmm. Um, OCD, so ins- insomnia. That's me. I don't have a specific OCD um, diagnosis yet, but I think I'm going to get one. But the compulsive thing is mm-hmm. a trip also. Like, yeah. It's a compulsive type of disorder. Yeah, there's also, there's some subtypes of it. Of CBT? Mm-hmm. Oh. Uh, dialectical? Okay. Am I saying that correctly? I don't know. Sure. I'm not looking at it, so dialect. Dialect is a word. Yeah, ickle. It's dialect and ickle. So dialectical. Is it Uh, talking? (laughs) Behavioral therapy. um, It uses CBT skills, but it prioritizes acceptance and emotional regulation. See, I think that's what it wasn't like. We have to fucking fix you. It was accepting. It was like this "This is is okay, but Mm -hmm. let's. If you want it to be different, work on the emotional pattern of it all. And then rational emotive therapy helps you learn how to challenge irrational beliefs that contribute to emotional distress. Okay. I think this would be helpful. I mean, because it's, it it's be. short term. It's not like a long term thing. Definitely be a good but place I to think, start. Yeah. I think it would be a good, um, yeah, definitely a starting point or even just like helpful with whatever Yeah. in general. Yeah, I think it's a good place, if, especially if you go through like a, a season of you're feeling very depressed or you're feeling very anxious but you don't have a big history of mental health issues, maybe something like that's a good place to start. And then that can help you pinpoint, okay, is this like a long-term problem? And then where do I go from here? Or 
maybe I feel good. Maybe I'm good. Maybe I'm... Yeah, tell me about hypnotism. I have a story first. <gasps> Were you hypnotized? Yeah. <gasps> a couple, well... I don't know. See, here's the thing. Okay. Cool. I don't know if I could be hypnotized. You don't? I don't know. All right. I would like to be. Give it a shot? Yeah. Yeah. I'm willing to try anything once. So, I actually... Technically, I wasn't hypnotized. Here's what I'm... You I'm, fake it? Hell yeah. Oh. No, here's the... Okay. Here's the story. So, I was dating a guy at one point who was, um... Like a psychology major mm-hmm. type of guy. And uh, he had a section of hip- hypnotherapy. Okay. And he was wanted to practice. And I was like, sure, whatever. Um, it did not work. Okay. Did, however, I convinced him. I'm a terrible person. Let's <laughs> just let this out. I've done bad things. This is one of them. Um, I convinced him that it did work. Okay. If he rubbed my back while he did it. <laughs> so you got a massage so i got a massage um and if i did that and that worked and then i was like okay let me take this further um i told him that it worked if he did that and also if he said one thing over and over again like in the midst of him saying whatever he has to say for hypnosis like and i got him to say that i'm a snake i'm a sneaky <laughs> I'm a little slither snake, snake. So just picture me, like, getting my back rubbed, living my best life. A grown-ass man is next to me going, I'm a snake. I'm a sneaky little snake. It worked. But not for him. No, but it was fun. To this day, he thinks he's a hypnotist. He has bigger problems. Fair. Um, no. (laughs) I think, um, I'm not saying you can't be hypnotized. I don't think that that's, because I will say, when he was doing it, like, the actual hypnotism... It does put you in kind of, if it does kind of put you in a state of like, I don't know if I would call it relaxation, but like something like that, like mm-hmm. a sort of lucid state. Um, so I could definitely tell a difference in my general like demeanor mm-hmm. while it was happening, but not enough that I was like, I will bark like a dog. Okay, so hypnotherapy is. Um, it's therapy that uses hypnosis. Wow. Wow. I had no idea. Uh, which is an altered state of consciousness caused by little more than the power of suggestion. And they use it to help facilitate behavioral and emotional change. So a trained hypnotherapist will cause a trance-like state in clients. They use auditory, visual, or other perceptual cues, like saying, I'm a sneaky little slithery little snake a few times. You are feeling sleepy. Yeah. Your eyes are getting heavy. Or the little spiral thing. Mm -hmm. Like, we've all seen a hypnotist on TV or something. Like, Um, it's like a magician. Yeah. It's not real. Well, Well, I don't know. Some people say it is. Um, But that's what I'm saying. When he would do those things or when he would employ those methods, I will say that, like, it does put you in a different kind of state. Now, mine wasn't extreme, uh, but I'm not saying it couldn't be. But you were relaxed. Yeah, I was more relaxed. I was more susceptible to suggestion. So once they're in that hypnotic state, they become more suggestible so they can discuss memories. They get a different insight into their behavior. Basically, it's like all the bullshit goes away. Mm-hmm. You don't try to overthink it. So they'll ask you a question like, you know, why do you think you do this? And then instead of being like rationalizing and, well, I don't know, you just be like, I hate my mom. You know, or something like that. Or they'll be like, so what happened on February 27th? And they'll be like, I hit a boy with a car. Like, you'll just, all the bullshit goes away. Does that make sense? What if someone was hypnotized and admitted to murder? That's what they do in the movies. Yeah. Yeah, but that's, I mean, that's sort of the goal of, like, get them to kind of drop all the things. But what if they weren't even, like, a suspect? What if, like, this person just, like um was in like some psychotic state right committed a murder had no idea they didn't know they committed they didn't know they committed a murder and no one knew they committed a murder i guess i don't know how this would work for like blackouts and shit i'm not sure yeah what if they have multiple personalities what if this one personality committed a murder but when you're like not in that personality you have no idea and then like you have, like, this built-up trauma that you're unaware of because you murdered someone, but you didn't know you murdered what? someone. Then you go into hypnotherapy, and you just blurt out you murdered someone. Call Netflix right now. We've got a show. I do think that... I might be totally making this up, so I'm sorry if I am. I do think that they 
do use hypnotherapy or at least attempt to use it sometimes with people who have DID, which is the dissociative identity disorder, which used to be called multiple personalities. Yeah. Yeah. So I think they do because it does allow you to kind of tap into a different part of your consciousness. Um, I don't know if that's super effective. I don't know if there are any stories of like that, Mm -hmm. but I do think they use hypnotherapy for that condition or at least they try. I'm not sure if it's a fail safe, but I think it happens. Now, I don't know about that rousing episode of Criminal Minds that you just described. It probably was. It probably was. Maybe you just, you just described a synopsis for Criminal Minds. <laughs> but it's also, so Psych, which is like also one of my favorite shows. Um, there was an episode where a guy came in to like have them like, you know, psychic figure out like who's trying to kill him. Right. It's his other personality. Because, like, his other personality is a woman who feels like she is not in the right body. Because oh, yeah. the dysphoria, body... Because yeah. you're not in the right... Oh. So, like, she's... It, it was this whole thing. But that, yeah. that was a psych episode. So, yeah. I mean, I've, I've definitely seen stuff like that on, like, the shows and things. So, I, it can't be... It's got to come from somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but, so, hypnotherapy is used for um, a lot of things like phobias and addictions. Because that way... Again, you kind of cut through all that bullshit. You're not going to have that immediate response. Um, you know, you can kind of get to the deeper levels of why you're afraid of bats. Or Freaking bats. Why I you love Halloween. Smoke cigarettes. <laughs> Freaking bats. Say it again. Freaking bats. I love oh, Halloween. I love that so much. Um, and I like habits like and things. I says smell it like <laughs> But God, stop. I smell like beef. <laughs> My God. Can we just have an, a whole episode where I just quote Vine the whole time? Sure. Do you guys want that? Let us know. <laughs> do you want me to just quote Vine for an hour? Because I'll do it. Ah, see, here's the thing. I don't remember anything, so maybe hypnotherapy would be appropriate. It does say that um, sometimes in trauma-related conditions, therapists will attempt to talk about traumatic memories with their clients while they're hypnotized because it's less, like, painful. Like, mm-hmm. you don't have the response to it. Um, but I don't know. I don't think I would love that. It's often utilized in a manner that allows for deep self-exploration and a discovery of unconscious intentions, motivations, or events and experiences that result in symptoms undesirable to a person. So it really helps you, like, get in there. I need to get in there. Get in there. Get in the zone. Auto Auto zone. zone. You're listening to 30, Dirty, and Dying. If you're in your late 20s and your early 30s and don't quite feel like an adult, but you certainly don't feel like a kid anymore you may have found the right podcast. Every week we wade through our own existential crisis and figure out what life is supposed to look like on this side of 30 and relive some of our favorite memories from years gone by. We'd love to have you along for the ride, so make sure you follow and find us on social media at 30DirtyAndDying to keep up with what we're doing next. So yeah, hit me with another one. All right, exposure therapy. Ooh, I I don't want to do this. You don't want to be exposed? Both him. So it is a type... Of treatment that's rooted in behavioral therapy to help people confront their fears and decrease post-traumatic symptoms. So how, if you're scared or anxious about something, it's likely you may avoid whatever you're... Because that's smart. Yeah, like for me, I'm afraid of heights. I don't climb things because I don't don't like... That makes perfect sense. Um, I do ride roller coasters. We don't have to get it's into it. It's a different it. thing. It's a different thing. Tell that to Mike. I swear to God. Mike's wrong. He was just like, why don't you ever go, um... The zip lining. We yeah. had this conversation. We've had this conversation, and if the zip line started where my feet were on the ground and I'm not looking over a mountain, if, and then back down, I'll do it. Yeah. But if I am up and I'm looking down to death, Absolutely I will not, not do it. Looking down to death. I and I'm no. also afraid of spiders, and I'm not going to be. What exposed are you going to do? Them. You a know, spider and exposure therapy? No. <sighs> Phobias. Phobias. These are my phobias, and I'm not going to get rid of them. What am I going to do? Go hang out with a mermaid in exposure <laughs> therapy? What am I going to do? By repeated exposure. <laughs> it helps reduce phobias and your circumcisions? Circumscribed behaviors. Oh. Yeah, it helps your circum... If your, f- your phobia is of circumcision... <laughs> Don't cut your dick right off. <laughs> Don't cut your dick right off. Don't no numbing. Some box cutters that be like, let's go, Jerry. <laughs> 
Yeah, so it's good for obsessive compulsive disorders, yeah. um, post traumatic stress disorder, anxiety, panic, social anxieties, My phobias, um, all that stuff. But like, here's the thing. No, no. Like, I'm afraid of someone throwing up. Like, I actually have a phobia. What? Are, what are they going to make people throw up on me? Just kill me now. I would. I would rather like if someone was just like, okay, so this is what's going to happen. You're afraid of heights, spiders, and throw up. What you're going to do is you're going to be connected to a zipline. Someone's going to throw up on you. And then the zipline goes through spider webs. Kill! I jump off that cliff. Yeah. Are I, you kidding? I've literally, I've looked into this. Not because I wanted to do it, but because when I was like, I think I probably have OCD. Mm-hmm. And, um. Well, I'm I mean, not trying trichotillomania to... is. It's, it's like a compulsive disorder. Yeah. It's a different thing. What I've learned going through different types of therapy, right? Because my nervous system is all jacked up and I didn't know why I did and had a lot of issues, right? And then it's kind of like um, whack-a-mole because it's like I went for PTSD. PT- I'm, I'm not cured, but I'm I'm regulated. I'm mm-hmm. good. That kind of goes away. And then there were things I still needed to deal with. I started having trouble with anxiety. Whack-a-mole, that shit. Um, that led into some trichotillomania stuff. Whack-a-mole, that shit. But then there were like things that are still around and then I'm like, okay, I know now this isn't anxiety. I know now this isn't necessarily like my ptsd and my traumatic shit it's got to be something else and i i think i have ocd i'm not trying to self-diagnose doctors are cool you should probably check with one uh before you do anything drastic but i i haven't yet but i looked into it Mm -hmm. and one of the big things was exposure therapy and i was like no no i don't want to do that what am i gonna do you there are things that i do that i feel like are not detrimental and there are things I do that I'm like, it's getting there. It's starting to affect my life. But I still don't want to do that. No, I don't. I wouldn't. Nope. If it works for you, that's great. You, good for you. Like Catch if you're, me with them hands, though. If, if you're afraid that. of oranges and they make you peel and eat an orange. Can you imagine? I remember this episode of Maury back in the day. You remember, like, you are the... Um, you mean did you one about the... phobias. Okay. And this lady <laughs> was terrified of... I feel like it was pickles. I'm probably making this up. <laughs> I think I'm making this up. I don't think this is real. I think this is, <laughs> is this on Saturday Night Live? <laughs> but there really was an episode of Maury um, where they had the phobia thing and they did have people run out and they were like a giant version of what you were afraid of. But I think the pickle thing is where I'm... See, I can, I can understand where that is helpful for things that do affect your daily yeah. life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. like, if they are afraid of a pickle or if they are afraid of an orange, that's, like, something that could probably be overcome. Yeah. Um, but I think heights and spiders are realistic Let's just fears. stay alive. How about it's, I just want to stay alive? Yeah, like, I... Also, the pickle girl is real. Oh, you Googled it? I just it? looked it up. Okay. Oh, they brought out a giant tray of pickles. Now, my, my thought process is... Okay. This is a TV show. Yeah. Um, I'm sure she's not afraid of pickles at all. <laughs> I'm afraid of pickles! <laughs> no, yeah, the pickle was real. And, okay, we're not trying to make light of something that could be serious. If you are actually afraid of pickles, I apologize. Anyways. So we've talked about therapies that... Not all of them. There are so many more therapies. We recommend... So many. You know, look into it. If you feel like there's... you've thought about therapy and it's like i don't know what might work for me i feel like this kind of therapy my friend does or the kind i see on tv or whatever i don't like do some research see what you can find because there's something that can help you out there even if you don't feel like you have a huge problem or whatever you can still find something that'll work for you someone to talk to is always good yeah something somebody to talk to sometimes it just starts there and then maybe that therapist will be like you know what i think you would be really good at colors colors Exposure therapy, pickles, <laughs> EMDR, trauma, we- all of them. It's all the an above. enigma. Yeah, but this we've come a long way. Do for I, sure. Do you want to know about some oldens? Yeah, oldens. Let's, so let's to wrap it up. We're gonna talk about some therapies that are. I don't think they're a thing anymore, um, but they were. So this was actually an article that I found on. Um, college's website okay. which i forgot the college i apologize in advance sorry guys um but it was called a history of mental illness treatment obsolete it was uh posted on july 13th of 2020 okay so if anyone wants to google that it'll bring up the college 
Yeah, and um, you can read this article for yourself. Yep. We're not trying to back it or anything, so we're no. not going to. But this is just where we got some of them. Yeah. So give me a couple from there. I got one or two that I'll... Okay, so there's trephination. What's that? Uh, trephination dates back to the earliest days in the history of mental health treatments. Okay. It is the process of removing a small part of the skull using an auger, bore, or saw. This practice began around 7,000 years ago, likely to relieve headaches mental illness, and even the belief of demonic uh, possession. Not much is known about the practice due to a lack of evidence. Well, duh. Can you imagine? Just, like, just take out a piece of your skull. Mental illness cured. Yeah, because you're dead. You're not mentally ill anymore. You're dead. dead. Because you're brain dead. Because you're dead. Oh, my gosh. Um, Bloodletting and purging. I know a little bit about this one, but hit me. I know nothing. Um, though this treatment gained prominence in the Western world beginning in the 1600s, it has roots in ancient Greek medicine. Ooh. Um, Inglis. Yep, Inglis. English physician Thomas Willis used Gallen's writings as a basis to this approach. Um, he argued that an internal biochemical relationship was behind mental disorders. Bleeding, purging, and even vomiting were thought to help correct those imbalances and help heal physical and mental illnesses. Spoiler alert, it does not. Treat more than mental illness during that period. Diseases like diabetes, asthma, cancer, cholera, smallpox, and stroke. Because it's like bad blood, right? Baby, now we got bad bad. blood. Obvious uh, isolation asylums. Yeah, just lock them up. Just lock them up because that helps. Yeah, totally. Um, something that's interesting is insulin coma therapy. So hey, this, this was... could be your moment. <laughs> what are you? Oh yeah, oh, coma. My... I was like, what are you talking about? So this actually continued until the 1960s. Damn it! You so just missed is, it. This is. This is. <laughs> I knew I was supposed to be born earlier than this. <laughs> um. So in insulin coma therapy, physicians deliberately put the patient into a low blood sugar coma. Because they believed large fluctuations in insulin levels could alter how the brain functioned. Well, yeah. Because you're not getting blood to the brain. Yeah, life and death, baby. (laughs) Baby. (laughs) Uh, Patients received risks included prolonged coma. Maybe I should do this. Don't. Don't do this. Anybody who's listening, don't do this. No, please don't do this. Please don't do this. Leave Um, it to the big boys. (laughs) Leave it to no one because it's not the 1960s. No, don't do this, Courtney, please. Um, the mortality rate varied between 1% and 10%. Oh, that's pretty good, honestly. I figured you were going to say, like, 100. No, just as one Everybody fucking died. Um, there's metrazole therapy. What's that? Um, physicians induced seizures using stimulant medication. Again, a banger. (laughs) These are so fucking terrible. Um, and then my favorite. Hit me. Lobotomy lobotomy so uh this now obsolete treatment won the nobel prize in physiology and medicine in 1949 bummer it was uh designed to disrupt the circuits of the brain i'll fucking uh, say but came with some serious risks yeah because it was the disruption was like a knife (laughs) boom (laughs) they were always controversial (laughs) no shit Ice pick to the eye. (laughs) And prescribed in psychiatric cases deemed severe. I'm just going to say, if you need a hammer for a mental health treatment, it might not be right. Might not be right. So for those who might not know what a lobotomy is, it consisted of surgically cutting or removing the connections between the prefrontal cortex and frontal lobes of the brain. Um, the procedure could be completed in five minutes. Yep, easy peasy, lemon squeezy. Uh, some patients experienced uh, improvement of symptoms, but the treatment also induced other impairments. It, it said bad. It said the procedure was largely discontinued after the first psychiatric medications were created in the 1950s. How crazy is it that the first medications for mental illness came in the 50s? Before that, they just cut you up and took a hammer. Yeah. That's it. They that's were like, it. You're sad? There's like, you're going to lose some blood. We're going to put you in a coma or we're going to put an ice pick in your brain until the 1950s, in which they were just like, you know what? Medication might help you. That's well, crazy. Saying, it wasn't a catch all. It wasn't just like they all just put everybody on medication. It was fine. Like, yeah. we're still dealing with some shit. It's way better now, but my God. I wanted to talk really quick, if we can. Yeah, please. About 
another therapy that happened back in the day mm. um, for hysteria. Okay. Hysteria was one of the most, like, common diagnosed. It's like anxiety now. Like, well, you just have anxiety. If you were a lady, they were like, you just have hysteria. And basically, they just, it just was a way to explain, like, women existing. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically, people thought that your uterus just, like, roamed around your body. It wasn't, like, where it is. It just roamed around. Oh, yeah. I hate it when my uterus moves around. I know. It just needs to chill and, yeah. like, stay out of my elbow. You know? Um, but, yeah, so when it would wander, mm-hmm. it would really cause a lot of... It would cause hysteria. Yeah, a lot okay. of probs. All right, here are some symptoms mm-hmm. of hysteria that would happen when your uterus is just, like, hitchhiking. Okay. A swollen abdomen, so being fat. Oh, darn it. Yeah. Suffocating angina. Suffocation. No, no breathing. breathing. This is my hysteria. Um, <laughs> shortness of breath. Difficulty swallowing. If your hands and feet are cold. If you cry. If you laugh. If you yawn. Uh, men if you, yawn. If you stretch and yawn. If you man, um, men just really hate women. Yeah, let me tell you. Yeah, they do. Spoiler alert. Um, delirium. A close and driving pulse. And this is my favorite one. Abundant and clear urine. Well, I'm not hysteric on that one. Mine's quite yellow because I'm dehydrated. Okay. Um, And it's not abundant because I'm dehydrated. So they all were like, yeah, deaf, only women have this. And then this guy, Dr. DeSavage. Hoobastank. (laughs) Hoobastank. Dr. Hoobastank. Okay. Said that, you know how we can fix it? Is it's about um, sexual deprivation. So... They started masturbating women in therapy sessions. I got chills. I don't like that. Yeah, it's gross. Um, so they would just, but they would use their hands, right? They just like don't. The touch pictures me. I've seen have been like you go into the therapist's office. Mm-hmm. Right? It's not you know the doctor. Is it office. is it a male therapist? Yeah, obviously because obviously, women can't have doc- jobs. It's a male doctor. Women are too hysterical. Yeah, you're right. Have jobs. You're right. Um, so and because sex for women was never like, oh my god, I hope she likes it too. It was always just like, right, right. Let me just, I need to have a, a let me, let for, me, um, let me have the best 30 seconds of my life. And then you can cook me dinner. Yeah. And blow out my baby. <laughs> That's it. So female pleasure unheard of. Yeah. So they were like, well, here's what you do. You get into the, you go into the office, you lay down on the bed, there are stirrups and then there's a big okay. sheet. And then they're flicking the bean. Yeah. And then he just goes in and is like, all right, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Why did why did I imagine Mario Kart? <laughs> it's a me, Mario. <laughs> Sorry, I'm hysterical right now. To Ew, I hate that so much. And then they'd be like, "You're not hysterical anymore." And that had nothing to do with the fact that men just wanted to touch women's vaginas. No way. It's... That's I'm gonna be honest. That's why I don't want a male gynecologist. No, no, I will only I will only get a woman gynecologist. Yeah, I feel you on that. I feel you. But yeah, that, I mean, that's clearly why. Come on. Yeah. Dude, my uterus is in my elbow. He wanted so a reason to cheat on his wife. Doctor. I'm a doctor. Let me, um, help you. Yeah, let me, let me save your life. From hysteria. <laughs> With my fingies. <laughs> um, but that is how we got the vibrator. Because their arms got tired. <laughs> I'm dead ass serious. This is real. Their arms got tired. So somebody was like, what if a, a robot solution? did this? Yeah, what if? <laughs> I would, I'm interested to know what the first vibrator looked like. A car? Know. I've seen a very early one. Okay. Uh, one of my ex-boyfriend's moms had one in their basement. <gasps> no, it wasn't, it was still in the box. It was just like a... You can put it back in the box. Well, I don't think she did. I think his grandmother did. Oh, it was his grandmother's. R.I.P. Yeah, it was that old. Oh, okay. It was okay. a very old vibrator. Wow. Joseph Mortimer Granville patented the electromechanical vibrator in the early 1880s. Um, it would be Joseph. And yeah, so he created it. And it was literally a treatment. It wasn't like, I'm going to go buy me a vibrator and have a sick-ass weekend. It was like, I, I'm sick. Here's here's my notepad. I am prescribing you vibration station. <laughs> We've come some. a long way. We've come a long way. Yeah, I, I would much rather... Um, not get finger Someone put finger? a spider on me than someone touched my. I finger. thought you were gonna say up you. Oh, when you no. took your hands, I was like, "What is she about to say?" 
I hope you enjoyed this. Well, this has been the season premiere. <laughs> 30, dirty, and dying. I'm Clarissa. I'm Courtney. And we're back, baby. We're back. All right. <laughs> we came in real hot with mental health, bloodletting, hysteria, vibrators. Lobotomies. Lobotomies. But also, I hope that someone was able to take away the idea of like different types of therapy that might work for that. Yeah, for real. Like we talk about mental health a lot. We talk about how it affects our state of being, our state of life, like our livelihood and who we are at this stage. You know, shit gets real coming to your late 20s, your early 30s. Sometimes you get to that place where you're like, man, this doesn't seem right. I feel like I need some help. I don't know what to do from here. And that's totally cool. All we want to do is normalize that and therapy is one way to do that so hopefully this was somewhat of an illuminating conversation on some things we have done some things we've been interested in doing and helps you on your journey to happiness a little better happiness or just like being okay sometimes it's okay to not be okay but hopefully this helps you move forward yeah and you know if not look up pictures of old vibrators it's <laughs> kind of funny <laughs> It looks rough. It looked... I don't see how that's pleasurable. If your uterus wasn't traveling around, it's, it's it was not, after that. It's not lubed for your pleasure. No. I ribbed? Ribbed. <laughs> it was. I it, it also was wasn't uterus. lubed for your pleasure. It was probably like a... Start him up. Like a lawnmower. <laughs> <laughs> Have a great day, guys. Happy Thursday. We love you. We will be back next week with a brand new episode. We're back. It's season three. And more to come. Anyways, bye!